0: Right now, let's take a call. Let's go to Charlene. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help?
1: Oh, good morning, doctor. Thank you so much.
0: Good morning, uh, Charlene. How how young are you?
1: Oh, I'm 79.
0: Yeah. When's your big birthday?
1: In August.
0: Are you a Leo? Yep. Me too. People who <laughs> yes, follow this I stuff do. go, of course a Leo, Dr. Clapper. It makes all the sense in the world. I have no idea what my birthday has to do with my personality. But I guess some people are just fascinated by that.
1: I know. It was very popular years ago, all that astrology stuff.
0: (laughs) Yep. What did you do for a living? I assume you're retired. What did you do for a living?
1: Yes. Well, I was a language teacher, and then I was an interpreter.
0: What language was your specialty?
1: Uh, French and Spanish.
0: Wow. You know what my favorite word in Spanish is? No. I'm gonna ask you, how do you say in Spanish the word for wife? Wife,
1: esposa.
0: Wife. That's yes. right. Alright, you're an interpreter in Spanish. Now I want you to tell me what the Spanish word is for when the police arrest you right. and put esposa. handcuffs. Yes. That's right. <laughs> this is why I love Spanish, because the word for wife and the word for handcuffs is the same word.
1: I know that that is funny. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> How about in French? Is it the same thing in French? What's the French word for wife?
1: Just the word woman. Farm. And Ma what femme. is the word
0: for handcuffs? Ooh,
1: that, <laughs> I, that I don't know.
0: <laughs> Where are you from? Where did you grow up? In L.A. In L.A. What high school did you go to?
1: Garfield.
0: So you're 79 years old. You went to Garfield High School. What exactly was Los Angeles like when you were a kid, a teenager?
1: Oh, it was so different. You know, it wasn't so built up, spread out and all that. Far fewer suburbs. I lived in a suburb that was about eight miles east of downtown L.A. Well, that's where Garfield is. And uh, so already that section of L.A. was, I would say, 90% Hispanic, and my school yeah. was also predominantly Hispanic, which was great for me, <laughs> because I learned Yeah,
0: because you loved language.
1: Yeah, I loved What did your language. father
0: do for a living?
1: He was an artist.
0: No, he made a living as an artist.
1: Yes, uh-huh. Well, he called himself a commercial artist, not a fine artist, but then he was also very interested in training animals from a young age. And he got work training animals. A friend of his had a company that supplied animals for feature films and for TV. And he left the art and went to doing that uh, animal training, animal handling. For He worked on the Lassie shows.
0: I just was going to ask you, did he work with Lassie, this giant collie?
1: Well, Lassie was owned by one man, and he worked his own dogs. He had more than one. The Lassie you see is not the same dog every time, (laughs) but identical.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: No, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Oh, my
0: God. He
1: had several identical dogs, so that didn't put the pressure all just on one dog. And then my dad worked oh my with other animals. My dad was a bird specialist, but he got off into chimpanzees and all kinds of other things
0: too. Are you telling me that you came home from school one day and a monkey was running around the living room?
1: No, but when I came home from school, there were birds, lots of birds, <laughs> and he tra- He trained birds of prey. We had a
0: like red tail hawks,
1: oh yes. So we had a large garage. It was it was a very old house, so the the garage was very old. It was like a barn, and he had an eagle, an owl, several hawks, falcons. Before the peregrines became uh, protected, that was his favorite bird, the
0: peregrine falcon. And what did he feed the What did he feed these birds? Chicks. <laughs> So he had chickens making eggs, they became chicks, and they were food for the birds.
1: Yeah, he would go and buy horse meat and feed them chunks of horse meat. And during the war, when meat was rationed, I was a little girl, you see, he got USDA-grade horse meat. We ate horse meat all during the war.
0: Oh, my God. You're incredible. You have any children?
1: I have two girls, uh uh-huh.
0: And grandchildren?
1: Oh, yes, five.
0: Wow, what a full, beautiful life you've had. All right, tell me how I can help you, Charlene.
1: Okay, well, my sport is gardening, (laughs) and I'm squeezing those garden clippers all the time. I suppose that's what's caused this. This Especially the little finger and the next finger are just when I close my hand they it's so painful i can't do any clipping anymore the pain well it's not in the thumb or the index finger it seems to be on the outside of the hand and then it, it sometimes goes up the forearm maybe 8 inches or so but no pain in the elbow no pain in the shoulder and i just don't know
0: Is there any numbness or tingling or just pain?
1: Well, if I hold something like a pencil for a long time, because I'm right-handed, then my hand goes numb. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So there are three nerves, just three. There aren't five. There aren't two. There's three nerves. They're like electrical wires that feed the wrist and hand and fingers. One of the nerves is called the median nerve, and it allows you to make an okay sign. All the muscles that are needed in your hand and fingers to make an okay sign, they come from this one nerve, and that is the famous carpal tunnel nerve. There's a Uh. second nerve that feeds the area that you're having trouble with, the little finger and the ring finger. That nerve is called the ulnar nerve, and that nerve wraps around your elbow so that's the funny bone nerve that you hit sometimes and causes tingling. And the third and final nerve that feeds your hand, that allows you to extend your wrist to hold a pruning shears or to hold a can of soda, that is the radial nerve. Yes, you're 79, I'm sure you have arthritis, and there's all kinds of, as we call it at Cedars, altacockeritis that you got going on. But the first place that you need to look at Where you absolutely can continue to garden and be helped is we got to figure out, is the nerve, the ulnar nerve or the median nerve being choked, causing this to happen? And it's really easy to figure it out because you do a test, an electrical test called a nerve conduction EMG. That's what you're going to need as your first step. But what I want to do with you first is get you literally, no pun intended, into the hands of a good hand surgeon to help you. So you have a pencil, you're going to write these names down. I'm going to give you the name of two colleagues of mine at Cedars who are terrific, and they will take good care of you and get you back into the garden because their specialty is hands. One is named Dr. Tsai, T-S-A-I, and the other is named Dr. Culber K-U-L-B-E-R. I want you to call. They're They're on the line at Cedars. You can look them up. Both of them are excellent. And I need you to see them. And then you're going to tell me how it all went. Okay, Charlene? Okay.
1: Great. Uh, you spoke about your wife working in the flood uh, bank. Um, yes. And she's uh, involved in making serum for our pandemic?
0: Yes, she is. She's a true hero.
1: There's going to be enough
0: of that serum to go around. There is. Don't worry. We're going to be here to take care of you, Charlene. And thanks so much for calling. I really appreciate it. God bless you. All right, Warriors. I leave you with Volare. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio.